Welcome everyone to Woo. the Unnamed Podcast. With uh, no cover art either, as of now. As of now, we will be getting it soon. But um, we are music programmers, and we're going to bring you the hottest um, <laughs> info. Make a tagline right now. What's our slogan? <laughs> bring you the hottest tracks of fall season. Probably. November. Yeah. Um, so you had a list of topics for us to go over today. Um, why don't you just go through, the, just tell us the first one. So I really think we should hone in on three of them. And I'll just list them. It'll be kind of like an overview of what's to come. Right. And then we can just dig in. Okay. So I definitely want to talk about the Young Thug album because that's almost all I've been listening to. Absolutely, man. Um, I want to talk a lot about Mac Miller, specifically Faces and the Dissect podcast around that, as well as how Certified Lover Boy and Donda have aged. Because I remember us talking a lot about that at the time of dropping, so it'd be cool to see how right. your opinions changed. And no, all yeah, that. Uh, definitely. First, let's, uh, let's go over that Young Thug project now. Say less. Me, personally, I'm an avid fan. Um, ever since Barter 6, his project in um, 2012, I think it was. Lots of bangers. Love, just love his style, his, um, his crazy, like, <laughs> off-the-wall ad-libs stretching over entire bars, um, his vocal inflections, everything about um, his unique style. I've just always loved. And honestly, I, I don't know. With this project, what, what were you expecting going into it? Because um, I know you're not as big into Young Thug. Like, what, what do you expect yeah. when you hear when you start listening to a Young Thug song? So I, I just always expect very experimental things. Right. And this album was just really relaxed. It, it both was, like, a very chill type of vibe yeah but it was also really emotional at times too like that, with die slow that was almost off-putting for me there was a lot of you know super deep cuts um everything i mean obviously you have the acoustic d guitar which was in like every single song mm -hmm. and um a lot of times i just felt like a few tracks lacked energy um mm. i felt like his voice any specific ones because i think i'll disagree or agree with you depending on what you say yeah, so I'm going to pull up the track list here, just going through it. It um, seems like we definitely had different expectations going in, though. Because I, like, really just saw Day Before by Mac Miller, or with yeah. Mac Miller, and Living It Up with Post Malone and Rocky. And yeah, that's, like, all I went to the album for. But then those songs were so good that I wanted to dive in more to the rest. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there was kind of a lull in sort of the middle of the album uh like road rage faces dropping jewels it's just like all three of those tracks are kind of slow paced i felt like the momentum kind of just you know it faded out a little bit and then you transition into the song with doja cat icy hot pretty fire it i is, liked it yeah yeah no the, the feature tracks on this project i absolutely love love you more with nate roos and uh Jeff Basker, sorry if I mispronounced that, yeah. it was a really good song. Like, I didn't expect that at all. 
It was. Um, I just didn't expect that collaboration to begin with. Yeah, I, didn't, I definitely didn't expect the Mac Miller feature and putting it as the last song of the project. And it's crazy that they literally recorded that the day before Mac Miller passed away. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I think Trippy Red was supposed to be on that. I heard about that. On that track, too, yeah. but he got cut out, which I'm honestly, I'm glad it was just kind of a duet between the mm-hmm. two. Um, yeah. And it's listening to song. Faces and then hearing that song, it's like, yeah. wow. The timing of all the Mac Miller content. And it's just like, such like an eerie vibe. Um, yeah. Kind of ethereal. Um, you obviously have the, the muddy guitar and... Um, Good describing words. Yeah. I, I pride, <laughs> my, pride myself on that. Um, what do you think about Die Slow with Strick? Like the opening track. Um, I thought it was... You see, I don't know. Some of the tracks on here were just like standard Thugger tracks. I thought that was probably one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Does he usually get like that graphic and emotional he can um because this was like an intense story like that it was crazy hearing like he went through that and his family's been through that yeah and um that's what i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting the really emotional cuts on here because transitioning from so much fun which is just a lot (laughs) of you know tongue-in-cheek bangers um that he released a couple years ago going into this project it was just completely different yeah. Uh, but you did have the tongue-in-cheek bangers, too. Um, song with J. Cole stressed. A lot of people hated J. Cole's verse on it. Cause, really? Yeah, because, I mean, he's adopting Thug's style. He's, you yeah. know, he's I mean, screaming. That's <laughs> what features should at least somewhat try to do. You can't, like, completely take over their track. But yeah, that's why I I like did. that. Yeah, I definitely saw the merit in trying to adopt an artist's yeah. style. And like, a lot of people will feature, say, with Pop Smoke and they'll do it over a drill beat. And I think that's really cool because you get to see, like, the artists say, like, in J. Cole here in a different context, and I think yeah. that's awesome. And J. Cole's usually good at that, too. Yeah. Um, whatever, whenever he shows up on, you know, an artist's album that, you know, maybe J. Cole isn't in the same lane as, um, mm-hmm. an example would be, like, a lot with 21 Savage. Mm. J. Cole he really did a great job of just... For uh, sure building off 21's energy and um yeah he, he's usually good at that um other highlights from the album the juice world track I'm not gonna name it but fire um, <laughs> yeah reliability reasons <laughs> absolutely bubbly drake and travis scott um i honestly wasn't a huge fan of drake's verse um yeah kinda, i bet it'll chart well though regardless <laughs> of course it will it's gonna um, be at least top 25 Travis's verse, though, he was sliding a little bit. Yeah, um, I like Travis's part. Um, I really liked Hate the Game. It's, it's a cool story. Yeah, yeah. That, one, that one's definitely a highlight, too. I don't want to get too much into, like, the context of the story, but I just <laughs> thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you got you, you transition into even more of those, you know, super deep cuts. And then, like, to end the album yeah. with the one with Mac Miller, it's just such a bold choice. Um, so fitting, though. Yeah, and it's so truly just fitting. a beautiful track. Um, it almost makes me feel like Thug listened to this song back, and then, like, he's like, I'm going to make a whole album off of this specific energy. Mm-hmm. Cause it feels like all the tracks are, like, building, you know, this 
specific type of momentum towards this one song yeah and like that song because of like when mac passed had to have been made like three years ago right so like he's had time to do that if that's true yeah um but we definitely needed to talk about that because i think it's a candidate for album of the year or rap album of the year i'm not gonna be too strict on that but yeah rap album of the year definitely um i think tyler would still have him beat and you know i mean there's a couple albums in the mix there for sure um baby keem's album possibly baby keem's project definitely a surprise entry to that list yeah um it was i'd say it had a fair bit of hype around it Mm -hmm. um baby keem he's had a couple um, bangers pop up in the past few years. You Absolutely. got Orange Soda. Then you had that little EP he dropped with, um, there was a couple songs. One of them was Hooligan and a song called Honest, which were really yeah. pretty big, like progressive hip hop bangers. For sure. Um, in the alternative landscape. But um, I really liked uh, the album Die for, <laughs> Die for My Word. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was a really, really good project, just top to bottom. It was. And it really built the foundation towards what he made with um, what's yeah. the Melodic Blue. I feel like he's really just coming into his own. Yeah, um, absolutely. He's like one of those standard trap artists, but he has like a layer of um, artistry, kind of like Young Thug, where he'll just, he will think of the craziest things to do, mm-hmm. like with his <laughs> voice. Um, and he will always remind you how many phones he has, <laughs> no matter what happens. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could we could just talk a little bit about the melodic blue. Yeah. If you want to, um, real quick. One thing I was really surprised to see was the, I think it was Love Lockdown sample on Scars. I thought that was super cool to look back. Scars, at. yeah. I mean, it's hands down my favorite track from the project. When that piano comes in and yeah. then um, his hook, it's it's he managed to put a lot of emotion into it. Um, yeah, that was a great song. Yeah, which I was a big fan of. Um, Sixteen aged really well for me too. Yeah. Um, Hooligan, no sense, fantastic. Um, then there's Range Brothers. <laughs> And uh, okay, well, Family Ties is fire. First of all, <laughs> anyone who says otherwise, they're they're just in it's denial. amazing, brother. <laughs> um, but what would you oh, say? Oh, and Do Rag Activity, that Do-rag was amazing. Travis's verse is crazy in that song. Travis's verse is really good. Um, that that track, I wasn't. It's definitely grown on me. I'd say I feel like tracks like that, with like a very bare bones kind of beat. I actually, I had to edit that a lot for the radio. <laughs> so I think that's why I started to enjoy it. Because <laughs> you had to listen to it a bunch. The streaming version was different than the version we got. So I had oh. to like cut the beat perfectly to move Travis's verse to like being the second one. Oh. It was like a really weird process. And uh, wow. I actually had to, I learned all the lyrics to Travis's verse because of that, because <laughs> I heard it so many times. Yeah, so tune in to 88.1 to hear Durag Activity. <laughs> 88.1, boys. Um, also, there's Range Brothers. It's kind of like the brother song to um, the other one, Family Ties. For sure. 
lot of family Honestly, energy there. I like the beats on Range Brothers better. I feel like, um, especially the first and second ones, there was mm -hmm. three beats on it, right? There Makes was, a pretty long song. Yeah, the first and second ones were great. I feel like once it transitioned and Kendrick started saying top of the morning a <laughs> hundred times, it kind of just devolved into, you know, just a meme at that point. And I loved it. I love seeing I any love meme it. about that song. Honestly, <laughs> so it gives funny. you something you can, like, quote for the song, which I think yeah. is really important for making songs bigger than they otherwise would be. Yeah, definitely um, memorable, too. Like, if you remember yeah, anything yeah. from the album, and you can say that and everyone will understand. And, you know, memorability in music, I feel like, is the most important thing you can say or you can have in mind. Because if you think about all of the... Um, the most influential songs of the past couple years. Um, I'll give an example. Uh, the song with Lil Yachty and Kyle. Oh, um, Playing With Me? Or I Spy? I Spy. When Yachty's verse came on, obviously Yachty <laughs> isn't a great rapper or anything. But Hey, put some respect on Yachty's name. I'm not, hey, listen. I don't endorse okay, that I opinion. Said, I just said he wasn't a great rapper, okay? If you want to crucify me for saying that, <laughs> but he's he had some super memorable lines at the beginning that I'm not going to quote, and it <laughs> made the song massive. The, one of the biggest songs of that uh, entire yeah. mid 2010s era, um, and I feel like that's really important in hip hop. You know, you want to say things that are memorable. Um, yeah, that's what, and it's like that kind of play on words, kind of like. The hook of Girls Want Girls by Drake and Lil Baby. And Drake knew what he was doing. For sure. And it's so catchy. Just just having that those quotes that people can go back to, you know, um, when the song, song comes on, you just you scream out that quote, and everybody knows what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Do you want to segue into Faces and Mac Miller? Yeah, let's get on to Faces. Um, I think that honestly can be the last topic. We can save... Uh, come to next episode and you will hear how yeah. we think Certified Lover Boy and Donda aged. Because yeah. that, that's a lot to cover. Yeah, that'll that's be a, a really big one. Um, so, yeah, I've, I listened to Faces pretty much all this morning, uh, front to back. And also, did you ever listen to it before the true streaming release, just for, like, background? I listened to songs from it, never front to back the okay. way that I did today. Go on, then. Um, I, just I always knew, Yeah, I always knew I loved Diablo. And the Col beat's crazy on Diablo. Yeah, absolutely. Which we should also get into. And um, <laughs> Colors and Shapes. The, um, video? the video? You still need to watch yeah. that if you haven't seen it. It's, And there's so many Easter eggs from, like, even the short film that was presented with the release of the album. Watch that. And then watch the Colors and Shapes video, and you'll see so many different parallels, like in that alone. Yeah, I definitely got to brush up on those. Um, but uh, Here We Go is another one that I heard a lot. It's the second track on the project. The line, I did it all without a Drake feature, mm -hmm. is probably, like, it's, it's one of the hardest-hitting lines on the mixtape for me, um, especially the way the beat just builds up to it. Um, and if you think about Mac Miller's career, it's like he existed in this like tiny little window that nobody else was really in. Like he's this white rapper coming out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, I can't name a single other even artist out of Pittsburgh off the cuff. Yeah, and he's just 
he's alone. He's by himself. He um, he made his come up kind of halfway in the internet scene and halfway not. Um, and it's it's pretty remarkable what it, what he was able to do. Um, and I I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the fact that the Dissect podcast came out with the one and a half hour special for this. So if you want to hear even more about it, like please, Cole Kushner is one of the best podcast hosts and the research team behind it's amazing. Yeah. So regardless of anything we say, also give that a look. I, I have to mention that. Definitely. Um, but uh, he definitely has... Um, an understanding of the artist mm-hmm. he listens to, which you really don't get from, I think, any other podcast, yeah. except oh. except for ours now. <laughs> yes. Um, just last Cole Kushner thought. He apparently started doing Dissect because he missed doing research papers in school. And he just, like, loved going completely and immersing himself into something. So he decided to do that with what he thought was the most artistic genre, which mm. was rap. And he started with To Pimp a Butterfly. And he did stuff with Frank on his album. And I just think that's really cool that he took a research standpoint that he learned in school and he brought that into right. the genre that we all love. Um, thought that was amazing. He truly just carved out his own lane in this whole yeah. um, music um, analyzing industry but mm-hmm. uh, i'm curious what i guess have you listened to the album front of back since it's dropped on streaming services yes <laughs> multiple times awesome um, um, is there any tracks that like stand out to you now that didn't before um, that didn't before yeah um let me look through the track list right now uh, i think happy birthday really stood out to me mm-hmm. i've so I went to the celebration of Max's life for the three-year anniversary um, in wow. September. And a lot of these songs were played because it was like a five-hour event, roughly. And just hearing, it's like the juxtaposition of the song. Like, happy birthday is inherently a nice song, and you're celebrating something. But he talks about how everyone's coming to his birthday party, and they couldn't care less if he was there. Mm. And I just think that's a really cool take on it all. It's also just a really good song. Usually one of my favorites off the album. Yeah, definitely. Um, How about you? Do you have any? For me, I really love Malibu. Right I now. like that too. It's um, a good track. Um, going back, a lot of these lines that he g- delivers hit a lot harder. Cause, I mean, Absolutely. The whole thing about like his track Malibu is lots of references to you know, his lifestyle and how it's going to um, kind of lead to his demise, I guess. He said that a lot in his music, and it really hurts looking back on. I feel like it was, like, most prevalent in bases. Yeah. Um, Very big theme. Yeah, and it's um, it makes it a lot more hard-hitting now, knowing what happened to him. Um, but there was a lot of terrific features on this project too Mm. um a lot of guys from the you know the more alternative side of hip-hop as well earl sweatshirts his features were fantastic on this project yeah i'll say that absolutely um 
Mike Jones, Ben Staples. Mm-hmm. You got a Rick Ross feature. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and also, just for anybody who isn't super familiar with the album, it was released in 2014, but got a true streaming release last week. Yeah, yeah. October 15th. Right. Um, and it's, it's opened me up to uh, a project that I didn't analyze as much mm-hmm. as... You know, I probably could have, um, and I'm glad that I'm glad that it's out now. I'm glad we get to experience it fully without having to go to, you know, SoundCloud or wherever yeah. else it would be. Makes it a lot more accessible. Yeah, and definitely. The, also, one thing about the Diablo beat is because, like, as we just said, it was released 2014, and there was a specific beat on that, and they actually had to completely re-engineer it for this release i'm pretty sure it was because of like sampling reasons Mm. and the team of producers that made it originally they went back and had to recreate everything and honestly it's very hard to tell that it's a new beat but if you can find a version of the old one and this it is at least slightly different yeah it's really interesting if if you listen to the tracks one right after another you could probably tell yeah but um yeah the beats on this project that's another Mm -hmm. thing it's so such a unique atmosphere that he created it's like there's soul sample soul jazz samples all over the thing um there's like these big symphonies these orchestral you Mm -hmm. know type things and um there's obviously there's the hard-hitting like boom bap type of production that Mm -hmm. mac miller always thrives in um and do you know the story of like the studio that they recorded everything at i do not so this was all recorded in a place that matt called the sanctuary Mm -hmm. and it basically was a pool house that he added a studio in and he would just stay here for hours on end days on end and there was actually a point in the project it, it was the last week He was quoted saying that for those last seven days, he was just playing the piano and crying and having the most raw emotions come with it all. And I think that's really telling of what he's talking about in the project because he put his whole life into this. And even with the track Grand Finale, he even talks about Mm. where he wants to be buried. It's just a type of artist that he was i think guys like him and you know kanye they really like they become one with their music if that makes any sense kind of just they obviously your music is a reflection of yourself and mac was very vocal about wanting his music to describe a chapter of his life very very vocal about that right and i mean there's some artists that you can say don't do that um Mm -hmm. you know i feel like a lot of them are just disconnected it's also just different ways to make art like some artists just want stuff that goes hard but some artists like this really want it to be a reflection of how they feel and where they're at in life yeah i can respect either way yeah definitely Uh, but yeah knowing the story makes it just makes the whole Mm -hmm. thing hit so much harder especially retrospectively like looking back on everything he said now yeah i mean it's it's unbelievable when his death happened a few years ago 
it came in a time period where a lot of other deaths happened. Um, it was Juice World. There was Juice World. There was X. Kobe. Yeah, there was um, Lil Peep. There mm. was Nipsey Hustle soon after. Yeah. Um, Chester Bennington, pretty similar time frame. Yeah, it, it was just a rough time for everyone. And then he had Circles drop. I think it was. I think it was January of 2019. Yeah, that sounds right. And um, it's or 2020. The, in my opinion, it's the best posthumous album that anyone's released in that time. I um, just want to say that Mac Miller's family has handled all of his posthumous stuff extremely well. Yeah, like it's you don't see this commonly, especially compared. Yeah, compared to what they did with Pop Smoke, mm-hmm. just and X too. All the projects that have been released under his name. Yeah, and Juice. I mean, really nobody's done it as well as Mac Miller's family has done it. Um, and this last album, rather than being published under Warner, was published under, let me look to just make sure. It was McCormick Family Trust. It, it's under license to Warner Records, but it put it a lot more focal to the family. And I thought that was awesome. That is awesome. Um, did you want to go over any of the other topics for this episode? Or do you maybe want to call it? Uh, do you know what time we're at? Um, well, I don't know because we've had to cut a few things. <laughs> but Yeah. Uh, we're at 8.45. So, or 28.45. Um, honestly, I feel pretty good with what we've talked about. Okay. And especially as a first episode. Yeah, like, I, I feel like so. all this kind of built on each other. Because, like, putting the Young Thug album and then the Mac Miller feature mm. and then the Dissect episodes and even throwing Baby Keem in it, like, it just, it all felt very right to leave it, it at that. It did feel right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to leave this here for you guys. We yeah. will maybe make and this a weekly thing. Who knows? Um, but I'm curious to see how long we do it. Or, like, how often we do it? Yeah. I'm definitely going to try and set aside time to do this. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's important for the culture, you know. They yeah. need to hear what we have to say. But Especially, like, we're a rap station at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So we really got to put the focus more on the music than anything else. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was fun talking to you, um, as always. It's really cool to have other people on the same wavelength. It is. So... That is the end of episode one. Yes, sir. Um, we, we are going to cover the rest of Riley's topics next mm. week, if we record another <laughs> episode next week. Plus some more. Whenever the next one is. Yeah. We got a lot, lot to talk about. There's we always do. more coming. More Drake features. Majid yeah. Jordan's album that's coming out. Oh, man. I mean, there's so much coming out every week. I feel like we mm-hmm. got to make this like a weekly thing if yeah. we can. Yeah, we'll try to get it as much as we can. Yeah. But thanks for listening to us. It's fun to be able to talk about this and bring more light to the music we love.